Well, was anyone yelling at you on the internet? Was it just like somebody? No, came no, it's somebody in, in re- IRL. Was the IRL, yeah, yeah, yeah. Press tent, and someone was like, "Oh, you might want to." Um yeah, you might not want to wear that. So, oh, I'll just go topless for the rest of the day. I'll <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck it, man. I'll just get my fucking midriff out now, man. There's definitely more offensive shirts to download. Oh, yeah. I, I, I saw one, people wearing. Oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, I suppose Jesus a cunt is probably worse. <laughs> That's a big seller now, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah, good. I saw that it? everywhere. Bloody cradle of filth. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Southern Podcast. Sapnin'! Sapnin'! You are listening to episode 209 of Sapnin' Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend Morgan Richards! Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and this episode is an algorithm to pathetic dreams, desperate pleasures, and flowers in your dustbin. What was it? Was it prosthetic? Prosthetic dreams, oh, yeah. Right, cool. I hope I make sense to you. This week's guest <laughs> is <laughs> the wonderful Henry of Boston Manor. Uh, yes, Mr. Eat Your Greens is back. Boston Manor, those Simpsons-loving alternative outcasts from the outskirts of Blackpool, have contributed a lot of buzz to this generation's UK emo and pop-punk scenes over the last decade. They're a band constantly pushing themselves, breaking their own mold, and never trying to fit into any particular crowd. Their new album, Datura, is a perfect example of that. Seven tracks embracing their dark dusk side with the dawn to follow up expected in 2023. Henry is someone we've gotten to know pretty well since starting this podcast, so wanted to invite him on for his own solo episode to not only take a look at a lot of personal takes on the band, but insights behind his personal life and a lot of random conversations. It's us, what do you expect? But someone who's very humble, a quiet guy with a lot of passion for his music, Sean. Yes, top chap. Um, Very, very much enjoyed this. It was a quality conversation. It was good to hear everything that's going on with Boston Manor, has been going on with them, is going to go on with them. But it was also nice to hear Henry speak openly and freely about personal ups and downs and struggles. I think this was a very, very insightful episode into the lives of band members as well. So um, it was fantastic to have Blackpool's finest on. I enjoyed it very, very much seeing him. 
thanks again to him and his crew for being so lovely to us. We recorded this when we went down to um, speak to Alexa on Fire in Southampton. So this was a bonus for us, and this is a treat for you as well, because this is a great <laughs> chat with a lovely, lovely, fucking fantastic, lovely, lovely, lovely chap. Yes, it's so good to all get in a room together and just have random tangents and conversations and just kind of express different things and have a really relaxed atmosphere. I don't think it gets more relaxed than that, than this conversation. And as Sean says, we talk a lot of different things from the ins and outs of the band, some of their biggest struggles coming back from releasing the album right as the pandemic started to their origin story bullying themselves behind the scenes, social media things, mental health. It all gets talked about on this podcast. So make sure to stay tuned throughout to listen. And they will be touring across the UK in December, playing a lot of intimate shows. Uh, so head over to the website for all the details on that. And before we get into this conversation, uh, a reminder, if you enjoy what we do, if you like these silly, silly talks, please head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sapnin for some extra bonus podcasts on there and getting to be included into a wonderful community of people that help us make this podcast each and every week. We couldn't do it without them. Give us a follow on at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. But without any further ado, this is Henry Cox of Boston Manor on episode 209 of Sapnin Podcast. Yes, Twitter's on its fucking way out, don't it? Anyway, Sapnin! <laughs> Sapnin! Fucking Elon, like, he's got a spoiler just because he's a... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Sapnin! 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 Yes! Right now, we are joined by Henry of the fantastic Boston Manor. How are you, brother? 
All the better for seeing you guys. Oh, he's a lighter. We're a long way from South Wales, aren't we? Yeah. I literally yeah. drove down today and I'm driving back after this. That's crazy. <laughs> Why this one? Why? We did play Cardiff show. I know. Yeah, um, busy for both of us. We had yeah. things going on just in fall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, yeah. My girlfriend started a wedding business company. Selfish bitch. <laughs> so that I just happened to be on the same night as you wow. guys in Cardiff. So well, you got to be a good partner there. That's that's good. Cool. Well, thanks. Well, thanks. play this back to her. Yeah. And we'll, yeah, um, yeah. Apart from that bit where I <laughs> said she was a savage bitch. Um, but yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we were fucking busy and yeah, and then we were told Alexis will not doing much press on the tour anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah. they only invited us kind of like to this last Ooh. one. Weird. Saw the name. I was like, oh, yeah. cunts. <laughs> I like cunts. Let's get cunts down yeah, here, so. Did you, um, did you ever talk with Alexis back in the day? I was wondering this when I'm... Not uh, with the blackout, but I was talking to him earlier, buddy, and we were talking about like one of their first UK tours, which was like 2003, 2004. I was in a, another band called When Reason Sleeps, and we opened for Alex on Fire in Cardiff, maybe Birmingham, but yeah, not nothing really... Oh, we did Warp Tour. They were on Warp Tour as well. Yeah, the same yeah, time yeah. as us. And we had the same sound guy. But other than that, like, we'd never... Not cross paths too cross much, no. Because I was, I was thinking, actually, when when I uh, saw that I was doing this, I was like, I was thinking about uh, the blackout, and I was thinking, it probably it probably hit all around a similar time, really. It was yeah. very much of a similar era, I feel yeah. like. Well, that's what I found now. Uh, like, a, a problem I've got now is a lot of those bands who were all kind of doing okay and us at the same time i missed out on because i was so in my bubble doing me that i wasn't checking out new bands or checking out the bands who were doing well at the same time like it was just kind of mm. i was in such a fucking blur that i didn't bother <laughs> fucking checking happens out. though not it because yeah. sometimes the last thing you want to do is check out fucking music because you're just around music all the time yeah. every day so i get in little ruts like that sometimes i don't know if you your music is better than yours and you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, man! <laughs> Yeah. Not every bat, surely it's not every bat. <laughs> <laughs> but it must be hard because when you're constantly thinking about what you're doing and the touring and your schedule and everything like that, it's hard to check out other music anyway, but especially of the similar scene because you just want to kind of switch off when you do have that downtime. Yeah, I, I don't, if I'm total, total uh, uh, transparency, I don't really listen to a lot of music that's close to me in terms of uh, the, the world that we occupy, the bubble that we're in. Um, and that's not because I don't like it. it. It's just because I'm so sort of around it all the time. And I think, I think also it's good when you're writing as and we, we're a band that kind of writes all the time. It's quite good to sort of have a bit of distance between any, anything that's contemporary, just because you don't really want to via osmosis well, think, sort yeah, of steal people's shit. One of the things, that was one of the reasons why I kind of didn't look too much into other people is because I didn't want to end up being like, Oh, that's a good bit. We should yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah, you gotta be careful. Yeah. Yeah. Like the first time I heard fucking by Adidra Member. This shit like, is brilliant. I can't, why haven't I thought of singing the chug? <laughs> you fucking bellend. I, I was in a band for 10 years. I never thought once, boys, stop, and I'll go, gum, gum. Go, 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 go. And then we all just fucking go back. Like, oh, yeah. uh, well, it, it did something. It yeah, certainly, it certainly did. worked We're, for them. Worked for them. But like, how was uh, this tour being for, for you, being on the road for Axis on Fire now for quite a while? How's it just been? It's been great. Yeah, they're, they're really nice people. Um, the shows have been insane. I think pretty much every show's been sold out, obviously. Getting to play to big, big rooms full of people that don't really know you, which is really good. You know, hopefully making some new fans and getting to play these man magnificent rooms like <laughs> this venue today uh 
Google it if you're listening to this. It's Southampton Guildhall. It's it looks like a sort of Masonic temple or something. It's it's Chris. Reminds me of the Stonecutters. Lovely from the carpeted floor, I think. <laughs> yeah, interesting choice, actually, I thought. Yeah, I mean, it is the most reflective room in the world. It's all just white tiles. So I think the carpet, at least, Dead is... They're Dead making something. an effort. Yeah, they're trying, at least, <laughs> yeah. you know. But, yeah, crazy, crazy. And then we did, like, a weird, like, round concert hall in Brighton. It's, it's wacky what? rooms on the... Yeah. What, like, full crowd around you? No, no, sorry. The room was round, but there was a stage at the end. Yeah, I've okay. never actually done that. No, me neither. No. It seems crazy. Super doesn't it? jealous. Yeah, I was going. What There's the fuck? Only yeah. that. I feel like that's only reserved for like Jay Z <laughs> and like every uh, new metal video from the early two yeah. thousands. They always yeah. played it yeah. around, didn't they? Yeah, yeah Metall- massive comedians. Massive comedians are good at doing round. I've seen Kevin Hart do that. Yeah, yeah. really. That's funny. Dean yeah. Cook was the first one, I think. Um, How do they like? How do they? Is you constantly moving? Like you just keep moving just, around. Yeah, looking. Okay. I think with comedy, it's like whereas when you're fronting a band, it's a bit more personal. Like you catch somebody's eye, you like in that fucking moment, you're singing, they're singing your words or whatever. That's a moment. But with comedy, I think it's just a fucking. I'll do. You've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> look over yeah. here for two seconds. Look over here for two seconds. Like, turn I mean, to be fair, the, the, it's a lot more one-sided comedy. Yeah. Like you said, like mute, live music is is very. Um, there's, there's a real exchange between audience and and especially in the the world that we occupy is it's very much like participation is encouraged whether it's moshing or crowd surfing or singing or whatever it is but with comedy it's like don't get involved <laughs> <laughs> stay out of it <laughs> i'm gonna need an hour of you watch me talk yeah. for 60 minutes this isn't a conversation is. this is one way show yeah. yeah have you ever seen like anybody heckling at a comedy show before yeah yeah they sing a, a couple but it just doesn't land well i've never seen yeah i, I, I never one. think what what do people think the outcome is good it's like they've never heard of a comedy show, show before and they're like i've got this idea i'm gonna yell at the comedian i bet this will be great i tell you i tell you what's funnier the punchline i've just come up yeah, with i think me you wanker hey i got him div i got him steve what do I got now? <laughs> like it's just why would you they've all got to be a bit pissed up i think to just have the fucking balls to be like I'm going to take on this fella who's been doing this for a while. Whose job it is to, make, job yeah. is to make people laugh. Like you, you're doomed. You're doomed. Don't, don't do it. Well, it's so uncomfortable. What's the equivalent of that, though? Is YouTube comments on music videos? I mean, we... <laughs> one of our first... Oh, no, actually, it wasn't this band. It was, it was a, a, the band I used to be in before, Boston Manor. It's like a local band. And we, we did a few gigs like in just like little pubs. And we got like heckled by like old blokes at the bar before yeah. and stuff. And I was probably like 15 at the time. I'm like, what the fuck do I say to this like 50 year old bloke, yeah. bald guy, what, trying to watch football and we're playing fucking <laughs> shit metalcore. Um, yeah, that, that was super uncomfortable. And I didn't really have a response then. So I just call him a twat and just carry on. <laughs> and then he called guy. me a twat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're, no, you shut up. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's terrible. Yeah. I've got a microphone. Yeah. I'm going to get a microphone. I'm <laughs> He's like, there's four people in this room. They can all hear me yeah. anyway. Yeah, I got a microphone. I got a microphone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this room is the size of a living room. Like it's, you don't um, need a microphone anyway. Yeah. But, oh, God, I don't yeah. miss that. Is it quite refreshing, though, coming to do tours like this now with bands that the fan base isn't necessarily ones that cross over and you are winning more people over in terms of because you've been doing this a while now you've told of a lot of bands that are in this kind of uk alternative scene mm. but to go with the band who have inspired a lot of people and 
again the origins it might be slightly different is it quite like a, a challenge for you guys is it quite exciting when you have a, something different like this it, yeah it, I think we've been a bit spoiled over the last few years and just always playing like sick shows <laughs> like <laughs> not that these haven't been sick it's just very different um, and, and I think that's partly because we've kind of either been playing to our own crowd or essentially our own crowd anyway you know there's so much crossover with some of the bands that we've toured with that it's just like one big like home match for every band on the bill but uh, this has been cool because um, it's, it, you know, it's like away days. It's, it's kind of people that genuinely have never heard of your band. And, but they've been really cool and engaging and just like, you know, w- watching it kind of get involved and, and buy merch and shit. So hopefully we, we are making new fans. But it definitely is that kind of thing where you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I can't just hold the mic in the air and expect everyone to sing yeah. the words back. I've actually got to put in... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go on, I've, actually, I've actually got to do my job and 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 try. <laughs> Not that I uh, no, I I, I give it one hundred and ten percent. But yeah, it, it's uh, it it is cool to kind of be having to think of new things on the spot and ways to engage people and and really kind of be in the in the moment again, yeah. kind of have you had any hackles on this tour from uh, just from my own bandmates <laughs> no, uh, that's yeah. been it really uh, what they say <laughs> you come and see every gig we do you chicken come yeah fucking yeah yeah what's the worst thing that the other band members say to you well their their kind of pet name for me is dog shit henners <laughs> <laughs> what? And it has been for like 10 years. I don't know why, no? but they'll just refer to me quite passively just as dog shit. Not even, I won't even be in the room. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. But it's funny, it's funny story actually with this is that, uh, it, 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 George kind of came up with it, our drummer, and it kind of came, came back to bit me in the ass once, uh, because we, we, one day we all got verified on Twitter, our personal Twitter accounts, mm-hmm. however many years ago. How's that? Don't know. The, 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 probably the Twitter gods just oh, bestowed us with, uh, with with their their grace but uh we were like oh i got i'm verified are you verified yeah yeah george's like fuck's sake i'm not verified are you jordan are you jordan i didn't even know (laughs) well this well this is it so he's like i'm not verified and we're like there must be a mistake let's have a look at your phone Jordan, it's because you've changed your Twitter name to Dogshit Henners. <laughs> ah, and he was like, what? I thought it was funny. It's like, well, they don't know who you are. They're obviously not going to... It's just a random person. So he didn't get verified. He, that day, he changed his name back to Jordan Pugh. And he didn't get verified for f- like three years. Ah. <laughs> but, but fair play to him. He stuck to his guns on this because when he, when he got verified... The same day, he changed his name back to Dog Shit Hennis again. Uh, I don't think they could take verification away if you do that. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it's it's like a knighthood. It's never it's never oh. leaving. Yeah. Maybe they can. I mean, I guess they'd have to like de-platform. Yeah, it's all a it's all a weird thing. But Henry, we wanted to do one with you on your own because after you've been on the podcast a few times before in different situations mm. at festivals and stuff. Um, but like, if we wanted to get into some of your personal insights behind Boston Manor. Now, as I mentioned, the band's been going quite a few years now multiple records you've done many tours headlining in some of your favorite bands but just with the way music is up and down in a lot of things and the uk alternative seeing having a, a, a big boom lately where do you see boston manor in terms of not fitting in but just a place in alternative music these days because i feel like you've had a lot of ups and downs with kind of releases during the pandemic and then having to come back from that and a lot of things being kind of pushed down so like if you can can you just kind of explain to you where you see boston manor now in, in 2022 yeah definitely it's an interesting one i think i think you summed up pretty well like uh our kind of 
biggest record was our second album uh, and it kind of created a big a big a lot of opportunities for us and, and things kind of like did this went went up for, for us in a, in a lot of ways and then uh, you know we followed up with this record and then we're all gearing up to go and then you know the two weeks I think before or three weeks before we're due to off on this big headline tour and, and the, the day the album comes out everything shuts down um, and and you know it definitely throws the brakes on and, and it's quite a weird record anyway so it's, it's quite a sort of um, it's, it's kind of challenging in certain aspects um, so so it definitely kind of put us in, in a weird sort of situation we were kind of like changing labels as well as the last record on that contract so it did feel that when we kind of came out with the EP and this record that it was a bit of a it felt like a return to form which is weird because we never went anywhere like nothing nothing happened like we didn't kind of like you know we, we came back to do like a sold out tour like there was nothing that necessarily went that that went in the opposite direction but it, it just kind of felt like we like everyone like we've been in limbo for a long time and it, it just kind of felt like we sort of had treaded water for three years and not done anything even though we've been working constantly which was really weird um but it, it's really cool now it, it does feel like we're sort of we've taken this huge kind of step up with this this new record and things are getting kind of crazy now we're getting some very wild offers from people and, and doing some some really kind of mad shit that we never thought we'd get to do. But I think now it's it's about just kind of trying to keep this focus. So we're doing this part two to Detora, which we're working on at the moment that's going to probably come out next year. And it's just about kind of keeping that quality control and, and, and being just kind of very deliberate with everything that we do. And I think uh, the what you mentioned about the alternative scene is inter- interesting because it is having this huge boom, but it is, is also sort of very... Um, there's like lots of different pockets to it, but it's yeah. kind of all coming over this kind of wider umbrella. And we've always been a band that's sort of been a little bit awkward to kind of slot into place. And I don't mean that as, a, as like a kind of like, oh, because we're so edgy and weird. <laughs> it's just we've never quite had that kind of, we've, we've kind of um, been the, the kind of awkward kid at the party in, in every kind of mini scene that we've kind of traveled through so you know the pop punks thing and then and then we've toured with like knock loose before and shit you know what i mean so it's, it's we've always kind of been like a, a little bit kind of uh had appeal to some people in the room but it's always kind of a, a little bit awkward so i think i think now it is interesting to see where that'll go we're definitely embracing our kind of awkwardness and just being like well we're our we're, we're our own thing and we're trying to be our own thing which which i'm very proud of but you know that doesn't always help you when you're looking at well who is a band that makes sense to tour with to 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 expose us to new audiences i think this is a good one for the record but we're now kind of looking at you know mainstream acts that that have kind of offered us stuff and it's kind of like well when do you because you can only tour markets so many times a year before you overexpose yourself so we're now having to be like we kind of get one support tour and you kind of have to pick the right one and make sure that it's it's right you know because you're gambling you could get there day one and and be like this is going to be the perfect tour like kids are going to love it love us and we're going to make loads of new fans and you just misjudge the demographic completely and like shit any shows or tours like that where you've been you felt awkward and yeah over the years yeah i I think so definitely um i I mean i mean in some ways this is a different demographic to what i thought it would be but it's not been a bad thing It's, it's been i thought it would be more I don't know what I thought actually thinking about it, but it, but it's definitely sort of not exactly what I what I thought it'd be. I thought it'd be there'd be more immediate crossover than there was, but that's probably just because I 
like Alexis on Fire a lot. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I like my band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Alexis on Fire. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I feel in. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I think it's, it's, it's doing us, doing us, uh, really well because I think, you know, we've, we've had a lot of positive feedback. We've I been mean, stupid. It's hard to measure these metrics, but, you know, getting a lot of followers and things like that. So I do think it is benefiting us. For, for our band, I, I think th- th- it, it can feel a little bit overwhelming at times. Like we're spinning a lot, a lot of plates at the same time and, and trying to sort of like plot the right, course chart the right course through our career but i think now the 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 kind of um the north star for us has been to just really focus on the music and the creative side of it all and the rest will hopefully fall into place i think that's kind of what we're we're kind of really uh setting our sights on now is is just making sure we write the best music um and and keep challenging ourselves creatively doing and all the other cool shit that's not just the music you know just like interesting videos and interesting ways to kind of keep people and even ourselves engaged you know it's part of the wider world of, of the art itself not just the the music that lives in in it you know and i find that really gratifying so it's not a chore to do that it's it's I, i'm thinking about shit all the time <laughs> and it's it's fun yeah well i like the fact that you're kind of embracing that awkward side of the band and not trying to just fit in with what's cool because i think a lot of people kind of get lost in that You'll see a trend. You'll see someone being successful trying to follow that. You seem 100%. like you're just trying to embrace the little quirks you all have as a band. Yeah, I mean, if we'd have gone out there in 2018 and made like a, a absolutely um, sugary pop punk banger album, we probably would be like double the size we we are now. But we wanted to make weird northern nine inch nails <laughs> alt rock instead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's, that's it's it's um what gets you out of bed in the morning at the end of the day isn't it but yeah but but i also think you see i mean I'm, I'm sure over your careers you'll have seen this a lot bands that that kind of trend hop and and, and not and not even bands like all artists that, that just try and sort of oh this is big now and i'll, I'll jump on it and one that's lame anyway because it means that you're not re- you don't really have your own uh, contributions to the to the landscape but it also kind of means that it never even works if you if that's what your your goal is because you're always going to be two years behind or a year or the earliest behind whatever that thing that you're trying to rip off is like unless you're able to like fucking record it same day and put it out on band camp like how are you gonna you're always going to seem like a bit stale but i don't know i've never really understood that that sort of well we'll try this now and we'll try that i mean there's trying things because what interests you and being experimental but just kind of like it feels a bit pin the tail on the donkey sometimes, sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah. Just sort of yeah. a bit blind. You mentioned being creative constantly within the band and this new record now, it's less than what people would see as a, as a full track listing. There's less than 10 songs and you said that you're going to do a part two later on in the year. What was the kind of thought process behind that? Was it not wanting to do a quote-unquote full record or is it just kind of you like the idea of different shades to these songs can you walk us through it it's quite natural really uh we it it was conceived as a as a dual concept from from the outset and we we had this idea of i i when we started writing a couple of songs we kind of knew what the subject matter was going to be uh i was kind of exercising some some pretty personal sort of demons so to speak and and it was part of me kind of i've been doing a lot of a lot of uh, self-care over the last kind of 18 months um and i kind of wanted to like write about that and i've never been a particularly personal uh, lyricist i'm i really get freaks me out a little bit actually and a lot of the bands i listen to are a bit cryptic you know deftones and stuff it's not very sort of on the nose lyrically but i i you know i kind of wanted to 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 try that and i thought it would be a bit therapeutic in doing so and it, it really was but 
the part two kind of requires me to actually do the work and get a bit, but you get back with my mental health and all that kind of stuff. So it felt a bit disingenuous to write that, you know, hopefully this is how I'll feel in, in a year's time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also we kind of had this whole idea of it being like a nighttime record and it, it's chronological. It ends as the dawn breaks and then part two begins at dawn kind of thing. So, um, it, it kind of, we already had this concept in place and we kind of wanted to write a shorter record because we kind of wanted it to be listened to as an album yeah. in kind of the streaming age. Obviously, you know, we talk about all the time. I'm sure every interview you do, you guys talk about stuff like this, but, uh, you know, it's not something that is exactly pushed as, as a, as a way to listen to a record and, you know, people are busy, but we thought seven tracks, 27 minutes, that's kind of a, it's a, it's a commute. It's, it's, you know, cooking dinner kind of thing. Um, and you could, uh, digest it all in one sitting. Uh, but you know, by the end of this, this sort of, um, larger record that we're making, you know, you'll have yourself a, a double album. It'll be, you know, minimum 14, but probably something like 20 songs. So it's, it will be a, a longer record in, in, uh, eventuality, but for the time being, it's just kind of a way to sort of focus on smaller concepts and, and give them kind of a bit more limelight and, and just be creative with the format. Cause I feel like you at the moment is either big fuck off album or I'm a pop artist that just drops singles to playlist. There's no kind of like middle ground between that. And we thought this was like a fun way to, nice. to kind of do that. Clever. I like it. How has the writing um, changed since the last record? Would you say, or has it or a bit? Yeah. Cause, cause uh, we obviously started writing in the pandemic. So we had to kind of get used to writing on logic and sending it across to, um, to each other and stuff. So there was less writing in the same room, but, we kind of um, get it to like 70% and then we usually get in the studio and start like proper making it a real song kind of thing. So it, it wasn't too different, but... Uh, Will you keep writing like that now? Will you keep sending each other stuff by I logic so. and writing like that? I think so, yeah. Because I'm not very good at coming up with stuff on the spot. Like it takes me quite a long time to come up with stuff. So having that kind of like... just my I've got a studio room in my house at home. So just being able to just kind of sit there for a few hours and just listen to it all and you're, not, you're not like worrying about coming across as cringy and you can <laughs> you can do that really awful lyric and, and sing it out and be like oh that sucks I'm glad no one heard that <laughs> yeah, and, nah, and, just me yeah uh, but yeah so uh, but yeah no it is cool and, and they come over to mine I come over to theirs I live in Manchester so I'm about an hour away anyway so it's it's quicker that way it saves me driving up and down every day but um, yeah, I think it's cool, man. I mean, I don't know if I'd be able to make, you know, I've talked to some of the Bring Me guys about um, them making a record entirely remotely, like recording it remotely. And I don't, no. know, how, I don't know how people do that. Like kudos to them, but I don't think I could do that. It yeah. sounds exhausting. Yeah, I feel like I'd need... <laughs> <enough. laughs> I think I'd, I'd need a friend. Like I need somebody, like I need somebody to be like, relax. Good, good yeah. job, Sean. Yeah, yeah. 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 otherwise yeah. I'd just be like, Bro, this is like, like, whoa, that is way off, kid. <laughs> that's fucking awful. I'm like, oh, sorry, I can't hear it. <laughs> so yeah, but that would, that's how I'd have to do it. It's a collaborative thing, though, when it making a record. It'd be weird to just do it on on your own. And mm. I go, <laughs> yeah, I would go mental for sure. Lyrically, now, do you find it more inspirational to kind of find concepts to write about rather than some of the earlier albums, where it's just picking bits of your life and little stories you've had? Mm. Like, how would you? How would you ex explain that? Because I know, for example, on the first record, one of the biggest hits is a story about one of your childhood friends kind of re getting back in touch with you after he'd been in prison and all this kind of stuff. So is it still mixing those elements or do you like to focus on one certain overall writing theme now? 
Yeah, it's a tough one that because because this record is so conceptual, it did feel a bit. There's there's the odd song that kind of like fits into the narrative a little bit more loosely, and it's kind of drawing from other places. And I was trying to tread that line of not being disingenuous to the overall project concept. Um, you know, if you have a whole record that's about kind of like addiction and you got this one song about, you know, a fucking sick night out you had it or, or, or something completely random. Puppies. Yeah, puppies. <laughs> random, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, it might seem a little bit um, random, but I, I think um, it's a tough one to answer that because I think time will tell whether that proves to be uh, the case. I think I like always having that one surface level of kind of ambiguity to, to give you that creative flexibility and also not to just be like, this is what the song's about and if you don't relate to this then then fuck you like i like people being able to kind of attach their own uh, experiences to stuff and because when you send a song out into the world it kind of belongs to, it doesn't belong to you anymore it belongs to everyone else so um yeah i i think i think i always struggle with having to pin down lyrical concepts not because i don't know what i'm writing about but the hardest thing is like kind of explaining to people what a song is about. Yeah. Cause sometimes yeah. when people want you to do like a line for line kind of situation, you're like, well, sometimes I'm, um, I believe in sort of quite visceral writing where it, if you have an overall concept and there's a lot of the lyrics are, are very literal and then you'll have a few lines that just evoke a kind of atmosphere that, that support that atmosphere of the song. It's not, it doesn't translate to a direct, like, you know, let, let the pink light up your eyes. It's a lyric on our new song. It's pretty words, you know, it's a love song, you know, but it's not like, well, what pink? And where's <laughs> yeah. that light source coming? And whose eyes? The songwriter. Yeah. <laughs> Who did the album with Dallas Green? <laughs> should have been called Colour and Colour. Nice. Should have been called yeah, Colour and Colour. Yeah, of course it should have. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to wait to see him. <laughs> I saw him walk past us now and I was like, Dallas. <laughs> I've only heard. Dallas. <laughs> Should have been called Colour and Colour, shouldn't it? <laughs> Fuck's sake. Should have done, yeah. That's yeah. great. But I think you're right where once you put music out, it's interpreted so many different ways to every person. Like, is there ever been a story you've heard about someone who's picked up a song of yours and been like, oh, well, I got this from it. And you're like, that's, <laughs> well, that's, that's not what it's about. Yeah. The other oh, end of the spectrum. Yeah. I went and killed 12 men after <laughs> one song because it says in the songs. Uh, so I don't know. I just thought it... Thank God yeah. you, someone's finally <laughs> writing about the Soviet <laughs> Revolution because... Yeah. No, I don't know. Uh, yeah, we all the time, you know, people will kind of be like, is it about this? And you'll be like, no, but that's, that's cool. I mean, usually. I've not had anything super weird. I mean, the big one is Laika. People are like, oh, you wrote about the dog. I'm like, no, it's just a line. <laughs> like, the, the line is just a simile, like, as only as Laika. The whole song is about uh, being a, 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 a shit partner and, and just abandoning uh, someone that you care about all the time to go fuck off around the world. But that one lyric, people got so into it. And I actually, this morning, we had a message from, like, someone that's making an animal rights documentary. And I was like, I mean, I'm all for that, <laughs> obviously. But, like, I just don't think... I need to be in this documentary because I wrote that one song about that's not about well, a dog yeah, at one all. Line. Yes, yeah. it's got one line that mentions a dog. Oh wow, and dog. I love that. I love that. Um, rewinding to kind of like the really early days and you finding music and everything. Like I've always find it interesting when you talk about things you're into or your influences because I feel they're so separated from each other. Like I know you're a massive Nine Inch Nails fan. Like Deftones, you're all huge on The Simpsons. Like. Yeah. Where, where where did that all come from to then become Boston Manor? Because I feel like you do incorporate all those bits in different ways. Like if it's from merch or mm. if it's like little things or production of a song. And they're not kind of just, you know, you, you're into your pop punk and stuff like that. But it's not just, oh, you love Blink and then you've just, you've done a, you've done a pop punk band. So 
was there a moment in particular where you where you realized like oh well, it's okay if we take all these different things and if i like a rap song we can take this or we can do that that's a really cool question yeah I, and i never even thought about it like that but there is this kind of weird canon of our band that exists of just like random bits of culture that we're all just into and we talk about all the time um i think from the begin the onset of our band uh, i i kind of met up with the brothers and we talked about forming a band and Mike was wearing this like Ghost of a Thousand shirt and I was like, fucking love Ghost of a Thousand. I didn't really know them that well, like the, the brothers that well at the time. And then we just kind of sat down and just talked about like, like three hours, just talked about like bands and, and movies and stuff. And we're all just big like, you know, we're big movie heads, big into, in, into like lots of different TV shows and stuff. And also you spend, you know, half half of your life together for for a decade um as it will be soon which is crazy uh and you you kind of start to develop you know all these mutual interests you, we, we introduce each other to stuff and and we, we watch stuff together listen to stuff together so you kind of all become like a bit of a creepy sort of high hive mind yeah, <laughs> so many jokes that only you guys get oh, yeah. that you pop up and it's so annoying the fuck are they but it's funny how we wrote people in along the way so our tour manager griff who's been with us now for like six years describes boston manor as a cult of personality <laughs> and we just sort of um end up kind of picking up crew members and waifs and strafes along the way who just end up picking up this weird canon and lore of Boston Manor <laughs> and start uh, quoting jokes that were there for five years before they even joined the group. Do you know what I mean? It's just a, a, a fun little thing. But I think, I think it's just about trying stuff as well. Like I, I don't think we've always been great at, at, at uh, not freaking out about things that might be a bit scary creatively, you know, for be a lot of times when we'd be like, well, I don't want it to sound like this. And it's like, well, we haven't made it yet. You don't know what it sounds like. Uh, and it's only in the last kind of uh, three, eight, four, or f sort of from glue onwards that we started to kind of trust each other a bit more and just be like, well, so we're working on this track now that um, is, is going to be a song on the next record. Uh, that That's, I don't know if it's going to be an interlude yet or like an actual um, like full song. But it comes from, like, the inspiration comes from this, like, uh, sort of ambient techno track. But it's, I, 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 one time I never would have shown them that because they would have been like, you want to make a techno song? We're not a techno band. But now I, I can say, well, I just want the warmth of the low end of that synth and the way that it makes you sort of feel like it's like warm water. And I trust now that they'll get where I'm coming from and not freak out. And we can, we, we've developed that kind of language and way of communicating creatively which i think only can come from just years of, of playing together yeah mm, yes nice um with like the simpsons merch as well if you ever like if they ever reached out with like cease and desist no, no? And, and they're trying to do more i'm like guys i think we played our <laughs> simpsons cards a bit too like i think we're simpsons out but they're like matt groman matt groman is just sitting there going one more fucking t-shirt <laughs> one more try it just fucking try it yeah, I, dude, never. We were joking actually that uh, Blenciaga have like a Simpsons t-shirt and we were like, do you reckon they just didn't even tell them either? Just tried I surprised it. with them. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah, what are they thinking about lately? It was some of the clothes fucking oh, Blenciaga. Oh, fucking hell. I think they're doing it literally as a joke. Like as a troll. Like you see when there's like, they're selling a fucking 2,000 pound jacket and it's full of holes or fucking wellies with fucking water already in them or some mad shit like that. I think it's a bit like you know when people get a bit older and a bit more out of touch and they're like, we need to be shocking. Yeah. It's all got to be crazy. It's got to kind of like cause a bit of controversy. Like they're definitely, I, I always think for that kind of stuff, you know, like, do you watch Peep Show? You know when like Jeremy and Subhans are always just pitching ideas and they don't really know what they're talking about. <laughs> like, 
but just because it's wild. <laughs> that's exactly wacky. what it is, yeah. That's what that feels like yeah. to me. Somebody's three o'clock in the morning on a Saturday night's going, <laughs> right then, big shoes. <laughs> Biggest <laughs> shoes you can find. Make them bigger. Yeah. Right, yeah. Orthopedic, <laughs> but bigger. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking gum, check, yeah. Gum shields. Yeah. We're doing gum shields. <laughs> Two caravan for shoes. Do two caravans separately. For, yeah, it's oh, my, yeah, it's drugs part, are definitely involved. It's yeah. fucking mad shit, isn't it? But yeah, a part of me thinks it's it's also a genius marketing plan because people go, look at this fucking brand. They're making all well, this bullshit. We're talking about it right now. And then you go and check out their other stuff and they might have some in here, but it's, everything's fucking £500 to even look at, I think. <laughs> T-shirts start at £500. No, so yeah, no. it's, just, it's, just, it's just madness to me. But it, part of it, I think, is madness, but also genius because it's got... Again, we're talking about it now. So. No, it, it, I always think there's a weird, there's a weird culture in, in like fashion where bands almost uh, bands brands almost have like a sort of self fulfilling prophecy whereby you get these like boutique t shirt companies that sell like like you say t shirts like five hundred quid and no one's ever heard of it, but because it costs that much, people go that's good then, and then people start buying it. It's a really weird culture. I don't know. I used to be like more into fashion than I am now, and I think. I, I, I obviously have never fucking had nearly enough money to buy that kind of shit and I'm not into that anyway but even like higher higher end streetwear I was always like really into Ash is dead into it and Dan is as well and then I kind of got to the point recently where I was like no look no shame on spend your money on whatever the fuck you want right but from my perspective people can't fucking heat their homes they can't feed the kids and it's like even if I had that money why why do I need to spend it like I'm I'm big into trying to look drippy cheap as fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm into that like oh yeah the the thrift chic is a vibe but i do think yeah I, I just don't know i think i think it's become a bit gauche a bit tacky to kind of to just do the whole like i see them them sock shoes that they have the ones that look like socks the those valenciaga things i see people now at the fucking bus stop just covered in mud wearing them shoes i'm like are you mental yeah but i think i think what's happened there is thousands and millions of knockoff pairs they've got to be right yeah i, I was thinking that it's got to be because I'm, sh- I'm pretty sure they sell them in mercantile <laughs> street and <laughs> no, mercantile street has no big brand shops so believe it or not balenciaga what didn't open a flagship store yeah. in, in oh, mercantile oh. so. <laughs> do you know what they should though because that would fit the brand perfect like all these scuffed shoes fucked up shoes Put your fucking big store in the fucking most fucked up town you can find. <laughs> yeah. Chuck it in the middle of Merthyr. Yeah, it would be, That'd be so good. Next to Greg's. <laughs> Greg's, <laughs> Blenziaga, E. There you go. Shoes, oh, spelled yeah. incorrectly, S-H-O-O-Z. <laughs> vape shop, vape shop, vape shop. Oh, Blenziaga, oh, vape shop. There's so many vape shops yeah. in Merthyr Town Centre. It's fucking <laughs> unbelievable. Oh, God, oh. It's, when you, it's when you know that the end times are near when the vape shop's moving. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of vape shops where That's I live. A, yeah. Out town centre now in Merthyr is just literally everything's a vape shop. They've just got rid of the last. <laughs> what was that? Someone get murdered in the background. <laughs> Someone just did a really big yelp in the next room. It sounds like so. It was like a sound bite. Someone being kicked in the balls in two rooms. <laughs> yeah, we've just got rid of the last vegan shop. That oh, that's down. sad. Yeah, yeah. It's now being replaced by um, a slaughterhouse. Close <laughs> the ninth fucking typical cafe is it all there's nine cafes in Merthyr that all sell the exact same breakfast right over and over again i don't know how someone starts a new one and it gets successful i always think this it's always for me uh in blackpool is always a sandwich shop and i'm always like yeah. some 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 uh doris bless her someday it's just, it's just going i've got it i've fucking got it I've got do you it. know what i'm gonna open <laughs> get this a sandwich shop yeah i'm gonna sell sandwiches 
All right, where are you thinking about marketing it? Well, I was thinking about opening one next to the other song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. What? What's yeah. the difference going to be? Well, man, we better because I'm making them, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing with vape. Like, how come the, the fellas who own the vape shops are going, there's another 200 vape shops on this street? But they fucking smash, so yeah. people love vaping now. I mean, same with phone shops. I always think that, like. But what I found with all these vape shops when you see them around city centres and stuff is when you walk past them, there's normally just. One fellow with a beard at the far end of the shop smoking a massive vape on his own. And that seems to be it. And every time I walk past them, there's never anybody else in here. But they're all doing well. I always wonder what vape guy's life is like. Like, what's he doing? What's, where's he been? What's yeah. he sin? The what comic, led him there? The comic book guy from yeah, Simpsons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Vape guy, like. yeah, it kind of is that, isn't it? Jake, Some it, huge... Jake's like a super nerd of vape. Like, you come in and go, can I have the grape elf bar? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. the elf bar. Okay, <laughs> check out my Vapotron 69,000. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the shape and size of a microwave with, some, <laughs> yeah. with an exhaust on the yeah, end. Yeah, that. I've got like a little fucking vape pen or whatever and I just want to go because I know you look like a twat when you vape so I just go <laughs> as quick as I can yeah discreet that's the move yeah now these fuck looks like a fucking giant remote control and a radio at the same time yeah it really does yeah. I don't get it I think these because fucking I see I, so I every morning when I'm off tour I open a vape shop <laughs> <laughs> I vape <laughs> now I um, I walk my wife to work with a dog she, she, we live there's one long road between our house and her work and there's a high school in the middle I walk to work and then I carry on walking walk the dog blah blah and come back and then pretend I have a real job and shit which I don't um, and I walk past this this school and it's a, it, it's at like when everyone's getting to school time so I see like fucking 500 kids walking past me blah blah and they're all vaping these like little kids are just like the, the big fucking scary Frankenstein vapes they're all ripping on them all those elf bar things and I'm like your lungs haven't developed. Your brain definitely hasn't developed. Like, I mean, I can't talk. I used to get up to all sorts when I was a fucking teenager. But surely, like, people are saying it's better I think for it's you than sick. It's, it's yeah, it's it? Because yeah, for my, sure. My girlfriend's seven-year-old nephew the other week asked his mother could have a vape for Christmas. <laughs> oh no! Everybody's got him. Crazy. You stopped me from vaping in front of you now. You <laughs> shit. Now I'm going after. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. He was that's, like, oh. that's scary. Seven years old. Seven. Yeah, you can't be doing that. He'd be on the heroin next to me. Oh, God. He'd be on the old black tar now in all time. I love yeah. a random tangent on this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Though. Yeah, oh, I know. Yeah. It, it literally is. But as we start to kind of wind down here before you go and play a rock show, um, you've mentioned just kind of writing and kind of come into terms with your mental health. And I think that's something we always want to bring up on here where we can is just the kind of coping mechanisms and how people kind of day to day can kind of work on themselves. Has there been anything you've noticed that's really benefited you or worked for you or any kind of thing like like that? Um, yeah, I, I have dyspraxia as well. So I'm quite like... Um Organization is a real, is a real difficult thing for me. And if, okay. if my life isn't organized, my thoughts aren't organized. So I try and um, have everything kind of listed that I need to do for the day, and, and like keep a pretty rigorous calendar and shit. Um, and then exercise is a good one. But I think, I mean, it's the, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because it ends up sounding like you're sort of talking in platitudes, but they they are all like real and helpful. But you know, talking to people is it, a huge, huge thing. Like I actually had uh, I had therapy um, in the pandemic which was really, really, really helpful. It changed my life. I cannot recommend it enough. But one of the things that she said to me at the start of these sessions, she was like, I'm going to, the things I'm going to tell you aren't going to be things that you didn't already know. It's, it's not going to be this like kind of amazing 
um, bestowment of knowledge that suddenly cures it all. It's just about contextualizing things you already know to help you kind of figure out how to implement that into your own life, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying not to drink too much and stuff, you know. I'm doing this whole tour dry and I've been really enjoying that. Being, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm never really like a drunk on stage, but you know, you have a beer or two before you go on. I'm, uh, I've been enjoying just kind of the rawness of just being... So I mean I've been doing that for about six six eight months now, but uh, just being sober as fuck on stage, it's it's kind of sick. I'm I'm a convert, um, and just, I went the other way because I started like when I started in the blackout, I was yeah I was straight edge from eighteen to twenty eight. So wow, I, really? Yeah. So when I was in the blackout, I remember I remember the first time being pissed on stage. Really? Yeah. I drank two two. P- <laughs> here we go. <laughs> My first drink. Two pints of Tia Maria. Oh, my God. Yeah, like a mad fucker. Straight? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, just in wow. the pint. I had one on stage. I was like, nobody would use it. You need water. <laughs> like, you need a liquid. Because yeah. Tia Maria is thick. It's like, yeah, it's like you need yogurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible. What a fucking idiot. That's like, wild. Probably where the black are not together anymore. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we played <laughs> in Paris. One occasion. <laughs> we played in Paris. And I just remember, I, I fucking finished the second one. I was like, oh, fucking hello. I just remember some girl going, I love you, Sean. I just said, I love you, bitch. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, I'm oh, no. doing this. I'm never doing this again. <laughs> like, it was like, instantly, like, I love you, bitch. Hey! Oh, well, that's it. And I don't think I ever got, yeah, after that, I, don't, I, I was never drunk again after that. Really? Stage, but yeah. yeah. Pro- it's, pro- it's, probably for the best. I've never really been sort of like, really drunk on stage. Maybe, maybe once years ago, but it definitely is a, it, it's a, it's a, it's a weird thing as well, because you could even have like a couple of pints and it becomes a bit ritualistic. Some of the guys, uh, you know, they'll, they'll have like two drinks, these drinks before the shows, whatever, and that's it. But if you haven't eaten all day, I haven't eaten all day today. Have you not? No, I haven't eaten anything today. Wow. So I need to go and get some food after this. But if I was like, oh, we're on a bit of a, of a bevy, like, and I had a completely empty stomach, that would affect me a lot, a, a lot compared with if I just was in normal mode where I had a couple of beers, eating three meals a day. Like, I don't know. But yeah, I think, I think for me, alcohol is just sort of, I was, um, I grew up in like a drinking culture in a town where there was not very much to do and got into it. I figured out the other day, I'm, I'm 30 next year, so I will have been drinking for half my life. You know, I used to be on the park, fucking 15. Uh, probably would have been vaping if it was around then, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, and it's, it becomes sort of so normalized. Um, and then I think only the, sort of over the pandemic, I recently sort of realized it's, really not healthy because i'm in an environment where it's just everywhere all the time it's free it's available it's the only job in the world where you turn up to work and they're like and here are your beers yeah. for the day sir <laughs> uh you a bottle of whiskey uh, yeah exactly yes, I will. Uh, thank you very much imagine that if you worked in like an office <laughs> yeah. and of course your rider for yeah, the day. yeah yes. of it's your tia maria yes um, sweating yeah. and cheese good <laughs> honey yeah. what no Room hummus. temperature please yeah. no yeah. hummus no, oh, there's always hummus. Yeah, <laughs> Sometimes so. I do a rider special just to make myself like feel at home when I'm on tour. When I'm um, nice. all the way around, when I'm at home, yeah. and not on tour, and I'll do like hummus, <laughs> sliced cheese, crisps. Yeah, <laughs> delicious. Where you fucking delicious. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think just kind of keeping sort of control of, and it's things like you know it affects your sleep and everything. I, I mean, I'm not saying people need to stop drinking if that's what they enjoy, but for me, I definitely kind of realised I was like. And I wasn't getting like wildly out of control drunk or anything. It was just sort of like a, you kind of feel it kind of creeping up on you. And I kind of realized I was like, I think I, I do this a bit more than I should. And I think that 
my head isn't altogether where it should be and i think kind of curbing this will help and it's it's everything it's it's loads of little things in it it's it's always that whenever there's a problem in any walk of life i always find it's usually like a combination of a few small things yeah it's never just straightforward one oh wow drinking's gone everything's yeah. fucking wicked ding, again ding, ding, ding. Yeah. yeah exactly nice no, no. but yeah but then also like you said like you came from a culture of drinking and stuff and i think that's a problem is like a lot of people a lot of people come from I come from Merthyr Tidville, 2008's third roughest town in Britain. It's, <laughs> it's these shitholes. Like, people come from these places, and that's literally all the people before them know. Yeah, it's yeah. like I remember when when the Black of First started touring, like, coming back home, and I'd go to, just go to the pub just to see my friends, and I wasn't drinking or whatever, and it's, you'd see them, and they're fucking drunk. You look down the bar, and there's a father doing the exact same motions they do, and you're like, yeah. oh, my God, this is generation... Like... 100 yeah. percent oh my god you're singing fucking delilah by tom john yes exactly what your dad was doing two weeks ago like it's just it all seems like this fucking thing and then you kind of get out and then you see the bigger world or whatever and then you you know maybe maybe that isn't for me or whatever but i think a lot of people in those towns need to see that for themselves and they never do it's and like holding a bit of a mirror up to yourself yeah. isn't it you can never really see the wood from the trees because mm. you, you're in it i'd definitely feel that way i was talking to mike about this literally yesterday and i think blackpool's like it's so so i mean we've talked about this on, the, on other episodes that we've done together but blackpool and like you know towns like merthyr tidville and and a lot of those kind of industrial south wales towns a lot in common and it's the same thing people just kind of born there they live there they die there and the parents do the same and again you know there's nothing wrong with with loving your hometown and staying in one place if that's what you choose to people have a very happy life and that's that's absolutely fine no judgment but I think it is about those, like you say, um, sort of cycles and generational almost like ruts that people find themselves in. And it's it's sort of, people never really think about, you know, what they want to do because they never really think that there is anything to do. It's just like, well, I'll just get a job in here and pub on the weekends and probably have a kid or two. And, you know, that's what, and, and, you know, more power to you. People have very happy lives doing that. And where I can seem like Mr. Man that gets to tour around the world being all smug about it. I'm not trying to do that, but. I definitely think I've, I've seen, uh, I used to work in, in like the, the, the pubs and, and the bars in Blackpool and I used to work in this old proper crusty old man's pub called the Vic and it was, it'd been open uh, for like a hundred years and there's a fella in there called Mick and he, uh, he had no legs, probably about 75, but he looks 175. Uh, one of my last shifts there, he was like, I've come and sat in that seat every day since I was 19. And I was like... Uh that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. And, but he said it with like pride, like, you know, I've, I'm, I love this place and I love this town and these are all my pals. And, and, you know, I, I, I'd see the same face in there every single fucking day. Someone get there at 11 o'clock in the morning and stay there till, you know. Yeah. Well, I used to work in mm. Castle Bingo. And um, when I worked in <laughs> Did you I, announce the numbers? Oh, check this out. Four of the blackout worked in the same Castle Bingo at the same time. No way. Two of the, both front men, me and Gavin, both worked there. Neither of us ever called the numbers, right? Two one people of the that are quite good on a mic, you right, would say. Yeah, you yeah. think. You'd, well, <laughs> sounds like talking through soup. But yeah, um, yeah. me and Gavin didn't, didn't get allowed on the stage with the microphone. Matthew Davis, the guitarist, who was literally known as the mumbliest member of the Blackout, right? <laughs> we, like, we had an in-joke. Like, he's a pilot now, and our in-joke is like, last thing you want to do is be on Ryanair, and you're... <laughs> because <laughs> it's Matthew and you're going to die um, but Matthew ended up being a bingo caller and I was like what the fuck How, how's that happened but yeah like you said like 
the women would queue from 8.30. It would open at 9. They would queue outside the bingo from 8.30 in the morning, stay there till 9.30 at night, home. Same thing next day. Crazy, yeah. Mental, just spending the pension. But then again, it's like, I suppose... If you've got fuck all to do, because that's the problem with a lot of these towns is there's fuck all to do. Yeah, it? so, so it's, it's, the, it's the thing for so them yeah, to do. For them yeah. to do. Like, if you can go down there and meet all your friends every morning, and then you, you're with 200 friends every day from nine till fucking 10, and then go back yeah. and. For, for them, it's their world and they mean so much to them, mm-hmm. but you, there's no judgment for you wanting to do something more than yeah. that. So I'm sure yeah. starting the band, that gave you an extra chip on your shoulder to want to be more than just the band from Blackpool get out there and explore yeah. the world. I think it's just sort of like comfort in what you know, isn't it? My mum, the best thing she ever told me when I was growing up, she was like, try to every day live outside of your comfort zone. And I think that's a really good piece of advice that is to, is to try and always do things that aren't always the, the routine that are safe and, and comfortable because you'll expand your horizons and then that becomes your comfort zone. And, and you, you know, and, and you, can, you can do so much and people are always, I think... Our, our, uh, our front of house, uh, an example, our front of house guy um, used to be a guitar teacher and he would get, sometimes get adults and they'd, who'd come in to learn guitar and they'd be like, oh, I could, I can't play guitar. I could, I could never play guitar. And he's like, why? It's like, well, you know, people my age, like, if you're not already good at guitar, it's like, you can learn guitar at 50. Like, I think there's this sort of people thinking that, well, if you don't do it as a job, as a profession, or like, you know, it's, it's been, you're either an expert or you don't play. Like, that's the goal and that's what you have to become. But you can just learn a bit. Of, you learn Smells Like Teen Spirit, have a bit of fun, man. Like it's, but it's the same with everything. It's people are very scared to step outside of those comfort zones because they're afraid of being embarrassed or or being uncomfortable or, or, or failing. Yeah. And failing is the best thing you can do because... Well, that's what I think about people. Like people in bands, to me, like... I don't think I've grown up since I was 23, right? Same. <laughs> yeah, I, but I think that's what it is. It's the kid. It's the fucking, whoa, I can do fucking any, you know, w- we look at it and we're like, oh, well, I'm doing this now. I can fucking learn guitar if I want it. Like, we can all still see that. But these people in these towns have been fucking hammered down by their job in the fucking meat factory or whatever, like there is in Merthyr Tidville. Uh, they've just been hammered by it so mm. much that, well, I couldn't possibly fucking try yeah, something you, new. You, I couldn't you sort do of seem to. This is a really good point. You, oh, you sort of squash down and feel ridiculous if you were if you were to attempt to try something different. Be because to be an adult, yeah, <laughs> and it's it's sort of the yeah. status quo. But it's a big comment on British society, I think, in that there is not very much imagination, and there's very much a kind of way of doing things, and that's how you do them, and and things are the way that they are. And and you know, I, I it's interesting touring with. Of uh, bands from other parts of the world and having crew members that are like American and Canadian and stuff because you kind of see they hold a light up to your country in a way mm. that uh, a mirror sorry up to your country in a way that you've never seen it before yeah. I'm like wow it is a bit shit isn't it like <laughs> this is really Boris Johnson is a massive country yeah, yeah wow right. yeah yeah but even like yeah. stuff that I I, I mean I, I've never been the, the greatest um, Anglophile to be honest but all the greatest supporter of this country and its values but I am um, you know I, I've obviously very grateful that i've grown up here but i do think that this shit that you think is sick i had an argument like an actual argument the other day in the pub with one of my, my best friend ewan one of my best friends uh, and he was trying to tell me that british food is amazing i was like it's some of the worst food in the world ewan <laughs> and he was like nah roast fish and chips full english banging i'm like three <laughs> there's, there's three things a roast we don't own every country has meat and veg so yeah. you can get rid of that for a start most countries do have fish and chips as well but i'll give you that 
our national dish is a chicken tikka masala. It's not even fucking <laughs> yeah. from this country. Yeah. And and I was I was like, but what about think, think how colourful like South American cuisine is and all the different types of South Asian food and even Middle Eastern food and and Japanese East, East Asian food and nah fucking some best food in the world Sunday Sunday roast and he would not be convinced. I was like, that is so incredible to me. I saw I saw two two old people having this argument the other day and um, the guy was like, Britain best place for food. And the guy was like, no, that's not true whatsoever, is it? And then he was like, welcome, London's got the top five best restaurants in the world. And you're like, yeah, what do they serve? French food. Yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah, fucking yeah, British, yeah. is it? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I found this very interesting. I know we've got to wrap things up. We want to get the British yeah, food. No, the clock no, bell is chiming as, as we're wrapping this up. The telling us to get oh, yeah. going because you need to uh, eat before oh, you go on. Uh, yes, you do, yeah. <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> Jump on the stage. But, um, I mean, Henry, with all this, I mean, you've mentioned so much that you're still working on with the band. Um, 10th anniversary 10th coming up. Next year. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else can you just kind of let us know about what else is there? <laughs> <laughs> to uh, Undertaker's coming out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a scary bell, that one. <laughs> <laughs> what else? What else is there to look out for? What can we expect? What what's uh, Boston Manor got planned? Well, we uh, we're announcing tomorrow. We're doing some small headline shows uh, in December, two weekends, just in like smaller towns people don't usually get to go to. So in Tunbridge Wells and Huddersfield and Blackpool. So we're actually in our first oh. ever hometown show. We've never That's played. Mad. You've never played. Never played. You've never played the Empress Ballroom. Never played. Well, we did our live stream, oh. so but that didn't okay. count. Uh, we, cool. we we played Blackpool in like a sort of earlier incarnation of the band in a pub somewhere once but we've never properly as the band that we are now done a hometown oh, show truly yeah you so. headline fucking show there at some point there's got to be the Empress Ball we hope so top I mean, of the tower see? <laughs> well <laughs> interesting you should say this Sean they well, have run, they it? have a venue well that, there's a circus and there's a tower ballroom but they have a venue in the tower that they've not done anything with yet they've not opened it but it's an academy quality 600 cat venue so oh, motherfucker needs to we gotta do it right we gotta, we gotta do it this one's a bootleg social because they've always they're fucking the only people who are kind of holding it down for actual live music in Blackpool so we wanted to do it in the, in the like the 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 venue that's been there the whole time in Blackpool but yeah at some point soon I want to do that it's gonna be a lot of fun so we've got these shows we're gonna be raising money uh, and donations for um women's shelters at these shows trying to get uh, toys so it's kind of a to- it, it's a toy drive so we're trying to get toys for the kids for Christmas that are kind of living in these shelters in a really difficult time but um, we'll also kind of be accepting uh, well they will be accepting the charities in each each town monetary donations via QR codes so that will just go straight to the charity from your, no, your phone from there um, which which will be great hopefully make a bit of a difference and then next year uh, we're touring Australia with our friends in movements doing a co-headliner which we're very excited about and then we have a couple other tours booked that uh, are yet to be sort of mm. announced which is some exciting stuff but the main thing for us is going to be working on part two we're nice. also um, we're also playing um, Slam Dunk Festival which is probably being announced by the time this podcast comes out I think I think it's next Imagine week so, yeah, it's yeah. These two weeks in, well, yeah. I, yeah. when, I think this, this next week coming they're announcing it so so that'll be really sick um, always love playing that it's just fucking great in it um, I'll probably see you two then I yeah. Imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah so we've got a lot planned for next year it's going to be a really busy year for us but hopefully by the end of next year there'll be part two to this record out into nice. the world Awesome. And, uh, yeah, the new. For it all. <laughs> I can't wait, man. Yeah, yeah well, wait. it's been great to see you, man. Uh, thanks for taking the time. Had Always a, a pleasure, guys. Thank you so much. Thank, you. Thank you. It's been a lovely time, and um, I'm excited for the show, and we'll catch you soon. Yeah, awesome, Cheers, man. Lovely. Awesome. Nice one. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. You listen to me, Bogus. Wonderful. Yes, thank you very much to the wonderfully beautiful inside and out Henry Cox of Boston Manor, Blackpool's finest. We had a lovely, lovely chat, as you just heard. Absolutely good egg, Morgan. What a great egg. Yes, yes, very good egg. Very humble, very wholesome. And it was just nice to take away some of the elements of being a frontman for a band and getting to know the insights of just his thoughts on everything. And I love it when we get to do that, have these deep, meaningful conversations with people with a lot of random tangents that go off and make us laugh because that's what we do. Um, but just kind of have a different look at the industry and people's personal lives, especially when we get to get in a room to do it um, together. So thank you again to Boston Manor and their team. Thank you to Alexis on Fire and their team and everyone at the venue at the Guildhall in Southampton for letting us uh, do this. If you haven't, go back and listen to episode 206 featuring Wade and George from Alexis on Fire. We recorded all of that in the same day. So you get to um, hear the, the room and think if you... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is the same room, hey, mind. I thought I yeah. this room before. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, my God. They've, surely they've recorded this in the exact room. They spoke to Wade and George from Alexis on Fire. If anybody's noticed that, right? <laughs> Get a life. <laughs> this sounds like it might be, they might have done this in a Fucking grow up. Grow up. I know you must be a sound engineer or something like that, but come on, man. It's about the chat, not about the fucking acoustics of the room, you <laughs> shit. Imagine that. Why do you listen to Sapling Podcasts? Oh, I like to try and work out what rooms they're in every week. I'll try like, to work out the shape of the room by the audio. What? This room was a tetra, uh, uh, do a tetrahedron, by the way. So, um, oh work that one out. That's, that's the word of the week there. But Boston I Manor's new, shape, I think. <laughs> Boston Manor's new album, Tatura, is out now. Expect a follow up in 2023, hopefully, as uh, Henry promised. And they will be touring across the UK this December. 
in a very intimate run of shows where at uh, every one of the gigs, they're collecting toy donations for local women's shelters and charities in an attempt to get toys to kids in refuge centers this holiday season. So if you are heading down to a show, do what you can there. And they will be playing Please. in Leicester starting on December the 8th, then Sorry. heading to Bournemouth. Tunbridge Wells, oh Huddersfield, Stoke, Ugh. and Yuck. their hometown of Blackpool nice. for the first like time Blackpool. ever. Nice. <laughs> Again, just shows the, I, I called him a good egg earlier. I couldn't be more wrong, could I? They are beautiful humans looking out for other humans. We should all be doing that. If you can spare anything, go and check out Boston Manor um, at those dates in um, some of those uh, lovely but also terrible towns. If you've got any questions or guest suggestions, or um, anything you want to tell us. Um, we're not we're not priests, so you can't really confess to us. Well, you could confess to us, but I mean, we can't <laughs> abolish your sins for you. But get in touch with us at Sarpeninpod, at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and um, check out patreon.com forward slash Sapnin to join our Patreon group of absolute legends. And... Um, the odd bastard. So yeah, check it out <laughs> patreon.com forward Um Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the community are absolutely wonderful. I know a lot of them this week are meeting up to go and watch Young Guns on tour together. So nice. that'll be nice. If you are going to one of those shows, join the group. Meet up with people, have a giant laugh. And we've just put out a bonus podcast QA session exclusively for our Patreon listeners at patreon.com forward slash sapnin as well so if you want to check out even more behind the scenes content extra podcasts that won't be available on the usual streaming apps come and join us and help us continue to make this each and every week but while saying that in the description of this episode there are loads of people's names that we thank but as always sean is going to give a mahusive shout out to the elite members of our sapnin podcast patreon community Yes, thank you very much. Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liwoway, Janelle Caston, Paul Hirschfield, Tony still top of the league and top of the world, Michael, Dilly Grimwood, Kelly Ewan, Nathan Croshaw, Emma Barber, Mitch Perry, Scarlett Charlton, Rara, Sammy G, Kat Besson, Dana Lazenva, Jenny Robinson, Murray Grimwood, Scott Jones, Amy Dawson, Amy Louise, Stuart McNaught, Stephen Aston, M. Evans Roberts, Caroline Robertson, Kate Patrick, Louis Cook, Martina McManus, Carl Penderbury, come on Aussies, come on, come on. All right. Uh, lost last night, didn't I? Thank you very much. James McNaught, Jenny Munster, Kelly Cannon, Emily Perry, John and Emma, Jason Redia, Craig the Boys are back in town, Aris, Gary White, Kalila Keane, Adam King of the Goss Parslow, Ollie Amesbury, Josh, my boss has threatened to fire the employee with the worst posture. I have a hunch it might be me, Crisp. Ha ha ha. Thank you very much. Alice Wood, Katrina Robinson, Reese Bowring, Kate Stevenson, Kyle's Wales for the World Cup, David Smith. Oh, silly boy. And last but no means least, thank you very much, Connor Lewins. Woo! Yes, thank you very much to all of those people, everybody in the description. If you thought about be becoming part of the Patreon, go on, man. Go on! It's <laughs> a good laugh. It is go a good on. laugh. <laughs> But yeah, we appreciate everyone for helping us continue to make this, uh, celebrating our fourth year anniversary last week, and, uh, and anyone for listening and getting this far. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts, and we'll be back yeah. next week and every Friday with a very oh. special guest to cause even more chaos with. Bye.
Probably. Sapnin! Sapnin! We need to get a fucking guest for next week. Oh, fuck. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much. <laughs>